Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we resume our study of the book of Acts with chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. This portion of scripture describes the fate of Ananias and Sapphira. R.C. Sproul, in his book, The Holiness of God, says that this narrative qualifies as one of several, quote, hard sayings, unquote, found in the Bible. In order to understand this passage, we must first understand what it means to serve a holy God. Please listen to Pastor Harris as he teaches us today's slice of this week's message entitled, Great Fear in the Church. Well, Peter gave Sapphira a golden opportunity to do the right thing, but she didn't. She didn't even know that she was a widow. And she clung to the sin that she and Ananias had cooked up. So verse 9, then Peter said to her, why is it that you have agreed together to put the Spirit of the Lord to the test? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out as well. The guys were just returning. That was one lousy day to be assigned to usher's duty for the church service. Verse 10, and immediately she fell at his feet and breathed her last. And the young man came in and found her dead, and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And thus ended Ananias and Sapphira's foolish showing off in front of the church. It was completely unnecessary. The contribution was a good thing, and God got glory from it. They could have just rejoiced in the fact that they were able to give and they could reinforce that spirit of generosity and compassion and caring that, that just swept through that group every day. But by embellishing the story with a lie, they attempted to deceive the Holy Spirit and test the patience of God. Hey, um, has God been patient to you? Is there anything you've ever done that would be worthy of you being struck dead? Well, yeah, pretty much every day since I've been sentient. God is patient. But don't test His patience. If our good deeds are for the purpose of attracting attention to ourselves more than for giving glory to God, they profit us nothing in the realm of heavenly rewards. Like Jesus' words, truly, if you do something good and people see you do it and you wanted them to see you do it and they say, wow, you really did good doing that, that's your reward. There's no heavenly reward for that. There's another very relevant passage 
that includes the general principle that uh, should apply to using all spiritual gifts, and that would include the gift of giving. Now, those people in Solomon's portico that day did not understand spiritual gifts, the gift of giving, or anything else. That wasn't revealed until later through the Apostle Paul, but they were seeing these these real-life things playing out. And Paul would one day write this in the so-called love chapter, the beginning of that chapter, 1 Corinthians 13. It's all about your motivation for serving God. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3, Paul says, "'If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels,' speaking hyperbolic there. He says, but I do not have love. I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. God's dealing so dramatically with Ananias and Sapphira was meant to impress upon the whole church the seriousness of sin among Christians. Forgiveness is fantastic to stand complete in Christ, all my sins forgiven. There's nothing better than that. And there's nothing earthly better than being with people who stand together in this grace of God. This is a wonderful, wonderful thing. But that's not permission to go on sinning as if you have a get-out-of-jail-free card. It was like the first day of worship in the tabernacle. It was like when Achan and his family were stoned in the wilderness. And our final verse explains... Ananias is the aberration. Sapphira is the sycophant. They went down together. The congregation is the concerned. God intensely desires that His church, the the bride of Christ, His Son, be pure. And this event made it obvious. And uh, no doubt, I'm I'm sure there was a lot of self-examination that took place that day. All the talk around Jerusalem now for as many days since um, the Holy Spirit came has been about Jesus. And it's been about forgiveness. It's been about preaching the gospel. It's been about sin and repentance and forgiveness and a, and a new life in Him. And we've seen how these thousands of people have this stupendous collective testimony of, of caring for each other and loving their Lord. It was very powerful. So verse 11 is no surprise. And fear came over the whole church and over all who heard these things. It was a sobering day. Now one benefit of church discipline, something else these people didn't know about yet because there hadn't been the epistles to explain the application of Matthew 18, but One of the purposes is to deter others from sinning, and especially leaders, 1 Timothy 5, 19 and 20, especially in the case of spiritual leaders who who persist in sin, uh, they should be rebuked in the presence of all so that the rest may be fearful of sinning. Well, I think two dead bodies is a pretty strong rebuke. And they understood it, that yes, we celebrate who we are in Christ, 
but we walk in the fear of the Lord. There's something that Peter was going to write years later, and uh, I can't imagine Peter writing this verse and not remembering the sight of Ananias and then Sapphira dying at his feet. It's 1 Peter 4.17. He said, For it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God. Oh yeah. Do we want God to come and judge this horrible world? These awful sinners? These people who are just bent on blaspheming and, and trying to force us to accept the things that are an abomination to God? Oh yeah, we yearn for that judgment. Even so, come Lord Jesus, get them. And Peter says, it's time for judgment to begin with the household of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? God calls us to discipline ourselves for godliness, to pursue sanctification with all our hearts. And you know what? We can because we're in Christ we have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Him. We have the Holy Spirit at every turn when we're tempted. We have an option to resist. Now, it's interesting that two things get said side by side concerning this incident. Now, don't count this against me. I'm going to borrow a couple of verses from next time we come back to the book of Acts. Sneak a peek with me into the next section that we'll study, verses 13 and 14. It says, but none of the rest dared to associate with them. However, the people held them in high esteem, and all the more believers in the Lord, multitudes of men and women were constantly added to their number. Now, what are the two things that are said there? Well, nobody wanted to dare associate with them, and multitudes came to associate with them. Both of those things are true. And they're side, beside, side by side. The people held them in high esteem. Even the ones who didn't yet, hadn't yet joined the, the group, hadn't yet come to Christ, there was a certain respect. Oh, these people have something. They love one another and they stick together tenaciously, even though you die if you mess up. Probably somebody described it that way. That's not the whole point, though. That's not the whole story, but it was a powerful impression. But I would point out to you this. Holiness is the most important prerequisite for evangelism. You want people to come to Christ? Well, let judgment begin here. I need to be completely devoted to Him, loving the apostles' doctrine, loving the fellowship of the saints, wanting to be with God's people, wanting to give generously in all of those things that come with it. Now, I also want to make a little theological point in verse 11. We dare not skip over this because it is germane to the whole big picture of the book of Acts. Would you notice what it said there? And great fear came over the whole church and over all who heard these things. This is, here's the theological point, this is the first use of the word church in the book of Acts. Church, ecclesia in the Greek. It's the most common word to describe the assembly of God's people. It literally means called out once. When you hear the gospel, you are convicted of your sins. You hear the message, repent and, and believe. You're being called out from the world. You're being called to the Savior. Like Jesus said, no one comes to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. You're being called 
You're being called out. And so when we've been called out and we've come, we are the called out ones. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.